Oh, hey, I'm so glad you're here. Welcome to the Efficiency Bitch Podcast. I'm your host, Melissa Leone. This podcast is dedicated to all the women out there who are aspiring to have a career while raising a family. And bitch? Well, that's more than a name and even an attitude. (laughs) We use it as an acronym. It's for bank, inbox, time, connection, and harmony. Each episode is labeled according to the correct topic so that you can efficiently find the topic that you're looking for. I'm here to tell you, you can have your cake and eat it too. The trick is finding efficient ways to get through the have-tos so that you can make room for your best life. I can show you how. Let's get started. Hey, welcome to the Efficiency Bitch Podcast. I'm your host, Melissa Leone. If you've been around a while, welcome back. If this is your first time here, welcome to the Beehive. We talk about all things bank, inbox, time, connection, and harmony, B-I-T-C-H. Like, see what I did there? (laughs) So today's episode is all about connection, and I'm really excited to have Genesis here. I think you're going to love her. She hosts a podcast, has some really great stuff. Hi, Genesis. Welcome to the show. Hey, Melissa. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so glad that you're here today. Let's start with an introduction, who you are, where you come from, and how you do life. All righty. Are y'all ready, folks? I am Miss Genesis Amaris Sarah. I am a fellow Houstonian, Caribbean background. A little bit about me. I am the author of Droplet Drop, A Corporate America, From the Pit to the Palace, and also the podcast founder and host and Melissa said of Jan's Wake Genesis Awards, where I like to focus on three core pillars, which are to educate, inspire, and motivate while weaving in D, E, I, and B. And for those of you that don't know, that is diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging. Because I truly believe that it takes all of us coming together to make this world a better place. Some people call me the mindset hacker. I like to call myself a firecracker because you never know when you're going to pop, whether in a good way or a bad way, but that's life. And you just yellow because you only live once. <laughs> I love it. Your show is so fun. All your sound effects that you do, it just absolutely makes me smile every single time. So hopefully you'll drop a few sound effects in here too, because it, it's absolutely hysterical. I love it. You're so good at it. <laughs> That's great. So how'd you get started? How did this all come about? It actually came about with me losing my dad to medical negligence. So my dad passed November 25th, 2020. So the day before Thanksgiving. And I just got really tired of people's crap to just see on the nice side. And they're like, oh, I know how you feel. And I'm like, hmm, okay, do you? Because you actually have both of your parents alive. So how do you know when it's like to lose a parent? You really don't. Or the cliche for those Christian people that are in my circle. Oh, the Lord give it and the Lord take it away. Oh, really? I I did not know that. But thanks for sharing again. Or this general things where sometimes I just wanted someone to be a listening ear and a sounding board and just have not necessarily sympathy, but empathy with me and just hear me out based on what I was going through and not take it as a pity party because what that did for me was I was already mourning the loss of my dad because literally y'all we were like two peas in one pot <laughs> and when I lost him it was like the other half of me was gone but thankfully I still have my mom 
And I felt when life gives you that L, what do you do? Do you stay in that L, that loss, or do you have the bounce back to get those wins? And I feel with grief, it's a hell of a roller coaster ride. I mean, you just never know what it's going to be. And I feel like the only way to really get outside of my head was to talk into the mind or get on the paper and write. So it was healing for me internally as well as externally. So I could be in the position that I wanted to be in. I love that. I totally relate to that too. I had some stuff happen several years ago and I turned to the mic. (laughs) It's just, (laughs) it absolutely changed everything. And I'm reading a book right now called Solve for Happy. Have you heard of this? I have not. What is about? Mo something. I'll put it in the show notes. But he talks about the loss of his son. And mm-hmm. 17 days later, he started writing. And he his book is phenomenal. And it just talks about all the different things that happen in our lives. And grief is a, a major one of them in all the ways that we can show up for each other. And just the human part of connection. like It's not all about money. It's not all about time. It's not all about... Re- results. Although those things matter, if you boil it back down, the human connections that come into play are really like what we're here for. That's the purpose. So I'm sorry for your loss, but I'm really glad that you turned it into something where you could help other people. Thank you, Melissa. And just for the audience, and I love to be transparent, it's like, it was that incident that set it off because after that, I had like death after death with my grandmother passing nine months and five days from my dad and she wanted to be buried at the foot of my dad so it was like reliving the whole thing again then went on a hiatus to the Caribbean and visit my family when I got back my grandmother who was 99 passed two two weeks after I came back to the U.S. then just other things had happened and I'm like really okay I'm trying to have to here and live on faith and help street but I'm like I'm trying to this damn job season <laughs> Yeah, but, but and then, we also remember that it was 2020 and the world was ending. And so you had that burden on you too. There's a lot of stuff there. Yes, that part. So it was a whole beast. Yeah, it really was for everybody, regardless of those. I'm glad some good came out of it. And I'm sure they would all be very proud of the work that you've done because you're certainly helping a lot of people with your show and the book. I, I didn't know you wrote a book, so I'm looking forward to reading that too. That's great. Excellent. I'm so, cho- she's showing it on the screen for those of you who are listening. It's Chocolate Drop in Corporate America. I love it. I can't wait to read it. All right. So let's talk a little bit about connection because this for me is a section of my book that I write quite a bit about. I am a people person. They say I can make a rock talk. I like people. I'm naturally interested in them and their story. But I've also had relationships in my past where maybe I got interested in the wrong rock, so to speak, letting them talk to me. And I really had to bring back who I led into my bubble. And this quote came up in my life that you become the average of the five people you spend the most time with. And I wondered if that has resonated for you and if you can tell me a little bit about how you manage your average. So it does resonate with me a bit, maybe because we're like losing your circle and who you hang out with is who you become in a sense. So for me... Growing up, sometimes I had friends from all over, but then whenever I realized some of those friends weren't going down the same path that I was, and some of the things that they were doing made me cringe based on where I was going in my life. I'm like, okay, I need to reevaluate this friendship. But then you also don't want to be that snooty witch and be like, oh, 
you're too good for me or whatnot, but you just realize that life is having you gravitate in a different direction. And if you keep continuing down this path, it's going to get you off track in a sense. Mm -hmm. So it's okay. Let me love these people from the balcony. I'm not saying these people are bad, but they're just not conducive to the lifestyle that I'm trying to condone. So loving them for the, from the balcony is I'm going to be in connection with you still, but I'm not going to be all up in your business or all <laughs> up in your house like I used to be because life is obviously taking us in different paths. And then whenever I switched over and really started jumping off in my career where I spent 12 years in the oil and gas, the energy sector, it's, if you want to get to a certain level, you have to surround yourself with people who are doing what you want to do and really build connection there. And it's not condemned connection based on the wiffle method what's in it for me but i like to say turn the me into we what's in it for we so you because it's so important for us to not just build that um, connection but how are we going to recharge that connection how are we going to build upon that connection how are we going to have synergies and partnerships with the connection because if not it becomes one-sided where that individual just feels like you're attached to them to get something out of them Versus being attached to them where you could share and do lives together. Mm-hmm. And I think that's both in personal and professional lifestyles. So I started changing my circle there because I knew there were certain aspirations I wanted to have and achieve, but I wasn't going to get there if you hang out with certain people because they're honestly on a level playing like this, but you're trying to go up at an incline. So yeah. who are those people that are your trailblazers? And it's not to say that you're better than that individual. It's just to say you're going through a repurpose in your life. Another thing with me is family. Sometimes family, they could be your biggest critics because they may not always like what you want to like, but you splats with. The vision was given to me. It wasn't given for you to validate the vision. So I had to learn not to share my dreams and goals and aspirations with certain members of my family because I knew they were going to come with their BS. And they're Mm -hmm. like, oh, really? You think you're going to do that? And I'm like, oh, oh, yeah, I do. Without being all like the sass with it, because I realized, okay, these people aren't attached to my vision. And my vision is obviously bigger than their mindset or where they think they can go because they're on a different level. And that's okay. No game, no sweet, no turkey, no foul place here. And I had to restructure there. And in case point where the, some of those family members stopped inviting me to different events and I stopped inviting them to other events because it ran, a, ran its course. Yes, we're going to still be family members. Because we're family members by blood, but that doesn't mean that we need to be joined at the knit. Yeah, I agree. I have a 12-year-old daughter and we were having this conversation over the weekend about the people that you hang out with. And I'm an analogy person because it's how I think, how I learn. So I like replicating it. But I told her, right now, I'm driving your bus. I'm your mother. You are following my rules and you're living in my house. And you're in the passenger seat learning to drive this bus of life. Pretty soon, you're going to have to drive it. And then you're going to have to decide who's on your bus. And you get to decide who's all the way in the back where maybe you can't hear them and don't need to pay attention, but they're still there. (laughs) And then who's going to sit co-pilot with you, right? And who's going to be your partner for life? And who are the friends that you're going to let in? And sometimes you're going to let people off the bus and new people are going to come on and you'll shift them all around. And so for me, like that average of five people is is that it's making those decisions of family members that can be on your bus or not. Or maybe you just put them in the back and tell them to put the mute buttons on them or all the different things that you can do to keep people 
that you love around without kind of bringing down your average of performance that that you're meant for. So I completely agree with you in that. I I love that analogy of the bus and what makes it like see it out in the years whenever you think about energy, like protecting your energy and peace, like also compliments who you so side people in your circle because are they building you up or are they tearing you down? Mm-hmm. Are they adding or are they subtracting? Are they causing you to feel good mentally, physically, emotionally, and spiritually? And if they don't check the certain boxes within your energy aura, then it's time to park them in the parking spot and just leave them there for a little bit until maybe they catch up with you or vice versa. And then you could revisit the connection. I agree. I love it. So the other thing that is huge in my life right now because of my preteen it's all about consumption, right? There's an old adverb about you are what you eat, but not just food. It's the stuff that you consume. It's the books you read and the podcasts you listen to and the TV that you watch and the messages that you pick up from the world. My brother-in-law wrote a book called Raising LGBTQ Allies, and he has this message of messages from the playground, the things that we pick up that come in to us. Tell me about some of the ways you think messages that we receive in any type can really impact the way that we connect with other people or even our own personal brand. I definitely think the biggest thing that jumps out to me right now is social media because mm-hmm. there's everything in a day on social. And no matter what you look at, if you look at something, you're going to start seeing ads pop up because it constantly wants to be within your personal ecosystem to vie for your attention. So social media is a thing. So being mindful of what are you watching on social media and how does it fuel you? If it's not fueling you in a way that is optimistic, if it's not fueling you in a way that you're learning something and you're not just blind scrolling, then you need to be cognizant of that. The other thing is radio and television. Because television tells you a vision. It projects what it wants you to just adopt and marinate and just get into your head, that headspace, and just write space for free, in a sense. And in the radio, what are you consuming? What are you listening in your ear gates? And how is it fueling you? Is it making you pumped up? Is it making you aggressive? Is it making you angry? Does it make you sad? Because sometimes we listen to a song, but are we listening for the beat or are we listening to the lyrics? And I think that's the difference. Because sometimes we feel good with the beat and the vibration, everything's silly. But then whenever that song is done, like if you check in with your body and how you're feeling in that moment, sometimes you may feel tense and you can feel that tension in your shoulders, your back or whatnot. But it's because you allowed that jump to minister to you, not realizing that everything in your body is connected. Yep, 100%. I agree. Have you read or not read, seen the documentary, The Social Dilemma? I heard it, but I have not watched it. Oh, Genesis. It's amazing. It's it's so good, but it tells you about social media and how like when you presumably think a thought, all of a sudden you're getting marketing ads for it and how Google and YouTube and those are the same company. But Meta, the social media algorithms are designed. My dad and I were having this conversation recently because he's your mom and I have the same friends on Facebook. But we see different stuff. And I'm like, that's because it's picking up your fingerprint of every time you touch a image or something. You're doing different things. So it's showing you different stuff. It's so cool. It's amazing, really, the technology. It's a little creepy, but it's really cool. And so you have to be very careful, very diligent 
about what you click on, about what you consume, because it will, one, take you down a rabbit hole. And two, it absolutely connects into your psyche and impacts or limits or helps the connections that you make with other people. I am sure you agree with this. I have met an insane amount of awesome people in the podcasting world. Like we have the coolest jobs ever because we get to interview cool people all the time, expand our networks. Pre-podcasting world, I didn't have the ability to reach out to people like this in this space. Have you found that the podcasting world has helped your connection levels? Definitely, because like you said, people will either reach out to you or you'll reach out to individuals because it's like a pod fam. It's our own family of connections that are doing life together and there's similar interests across the board because you just want to get in the mind and just share knowledge or gain knowledge from other people who you may not have been fortunate to meet because they may not be in the same geographical location as you. And I just think it's just amazing. And they already have the same mindset as you in a sense too. Mm -hmm. So it's like, oh, when? Yeah, we met through Tess, who if you guys aren't following Wealth with Tess on Instagram, I highly recommend her. She's amazing. But she was on both of our podcasts and introduced us. So I agree. It's like you end up meeting people who are on your wavelength anyway. And it's just been an incredible way. So I'm always telling people, if you're trying to expand your network and you're trying to meet new people who to raise that average or to change your consumption of media in order to raise it, get on a podcastguest.com or go to Podmatch. Find ways to become a guest on other people's podcasts because you will find some cool people really fast. <laughs> it's one of Ash. my favorite recommendations. I guess I want to add a recommendation for your guests too is start with the end in mind, y'all. Where is it that you desire to be and reverse engineer it to what can you do now to get you to that? So if you want to be in the 1%, are you hanging out with 1% or are you networking with 1%? Are you listening and reading and consuming what they're consuming? And do you have a mentor and a coach that can call you out when you're sh- whenever you need it? Because sometimes I feel in life, we can't do life alone and we need to do life with people who aren't afraid to tell us the hard truth. And that hard truth, y'all, may make you want to cry. You may cry. You may feel like punching someone's lights out sometimes because you're oh, shit, that is real. That person loves you enough to give you that knowledge that it's going to help you grow personally and professionally. So those are some tips I would say. Start with the end in mind, reverse engineer it, and then start today with some of the tips and advices that you get and change your perspective and just write things down so you can write the vision to make it plain. Yes, I love that. That's such good advice. Start with the end in mind, because if you don't know where you're going, like you wouldn't go on a cross-country trip without your GPS location. Maybe you would, but take a hell of a long time to get there. Just put the coordinates in. (laughs) figure out where you're going, put it in the GPS and move on your way. I love that. All right. One last question for you. The golden rule. Most people know it. It is to treat others the way you want to be treated. And I have a little issue with that golden rule. And I'd love for you to talk a little bit about what the golden rule means to you and if you apply it in your life. Past Genesis, I would say Genesis BC, before Christ, y'all, I would say, yes, I'm for that. But now AC, after crisis, now that I'm charge no because how somebody treats you may not be how you want to be treated so i want you to ask me how do you want to be treated how do you want to be spoken to how do you want to be addressed because Mm -hmm. we may have different mindsets of thinking about things 
and different perspectives. And I feel like that golden rule, it worked for a time, but now people know who they are and not what they are, that it has reshaped that golden rule. And I think it's important from a respect level and a boundaries level that you ask that individual that is in your life, how do you want to be treated? Yeah, because I agree. Some, yeah. Someone may, you may want to be treated like a dog or whatever, and you're fine with that. And someone's, oh no, I want to be treated like a queen. I want to be, and I don't mean that literally like a dog, but you know how they say some women just take any and everything because it's what they have made full, told and caught generationally. But then they get so afraid where they're afraid to come into who they are and what they want, that they just settle for any old thing. And I don't want that to be women across the board. I want them to know that it's okay to speak up, to stand up, to let your light shine and to be who you are destined to be, not what the world wants you to be. Yeah, I agree. Two examples that come to mind for me, I have three kids and they all need to be woken up a different way. If I try to wake up my eight-year-old the same way I wake up my 10-year-old, he will start crying and will lay in bed and pout. Where my 10-year-old likes to be like messed with and silly in the morning, it it makes my eight-year-old go down a rabbit hole of crying and laying in bed longer. So you have to wake them up a little bit differently, right? Everybody needs that difference. The other thing for me is I'm a, I own a fractional CFO and bookkeeping company. All of my clients like to communicate differently. Some of them like the phone, some of them like Zoom, some of them like email, some of them like text. And I need to know how they want to be communicated with. Because if I'm emailing somebody who hates it and only wants to talk by phone, I'm going to irritate that client. We're never going to get anything done. It just doesn't work. So it's all about like, how can the relationship come together? Now, I never say change who you are in order to fit somebody else. That kind of goes back to the average idea. Like you need to be you still. But it's really important to, to talk to people in a way that they can hear you. Because if they are struggling to understand your message or have to try to translate it, it it almost doesn't exist. It's a no-fly zone. <laughs> totally. I love it. Genesis, you're amazing. Thank you so much for coming on. I will be on your show in a couple of weeks, so we'll make sure to backlink it. If you would, just share with the audience where they can connect with you, how they can continue the conversation. Yeah, certainly. So just go on to genesisomarscamp.net. That is the website and it has all the info there, my book, my podcast, and some of the other things that I have going on. So for those of you that don't know how to spell it, it's G-E-N-E-S-I-S-A-M-A-R-I-S-K-E-N-P dot N-E-T. And check out the podcast. It's available on 40 plus platform. So it's Gems with Genesis Lamar's here. Awesome. We'll make sure to backlink all of that as well. So you'll be able to find it in the show notes. And thank you so much for listening. I'm so glad that you came. If you have not already subscribed, please do so that you don't miss next week's episode. Until then, I'm your host, Melissa Leon. See ya. Well, that wraps it up. Thank you so much for listening. If you're new around here, please be sure to leave us a review on any podcast platform you're listening to. And you can always reach out to me to let me know what topics you're interested in hearing about or maybe telling me someone you think would be great for the show. Either way, I'd love to hear from you. You can find me on Facebook and Instagram at EfficiencyBee. Until next time, see ya!